Okay. So the last couple of weeks, we, we've, this is our third week in our series on the Ten Commandments. We have gone through the top ten popular myths of the Ten Commandments, right? That was the first week. Uh, let me just list those for you just as a reminder. Number one, they are just a bunch of rules. Number two, they are arranged in some random order. Number three, they don't really relate to me. Number four, they really only work in evangelism. Number five, they are rules to be used to form government. Number six, they are only for baby Christians. Number seven, they are only for Israel, not the church. Number eight, they can save me. Number nine, they are worthless because they claim they can save you. Number 10, they are boring, okay? And uh, so those are kind of the top popular myths that I came up with. Uh, that people just kind of think about the Ten Commandments and how they use them or how they think they function. Uh, last week, though, we jumped into four practical benefits of the Ten Commandments, okay? What are you going to get out of this series when this is all said and done? And we looked at a couple different things. We looked at, one, I will be able to think and live biblically. I will be able to think and live biblically. And the idea behind this is that the Ten Commandments is more than just a bunch of rules. They actually train you to think biblically and to live biblically. It is some kind of a, it's like a logic that is built into the Ten Commandments that helps you know how to live life, okay? There's a logic there. Uh, Number two, I will be able to worship devotionally. I will be able to worship (coughs) devotionally. Uh, And that's basically the idea that uh, the Ten Commandments are very practical. They're very practical. They're very applicational in nature. Uh, people who say the Ten Commandments are just, just something in, you know, from way back when that we don't really care about anymore, doesn't really relate to me at all. Uh, no, they're very devotional in nature. Okay? Uh, number three, I will understand how the Old and New Testaments work together. The Ten Commandments are a bridge between the Old and New Testaments. A lot of people struggle with how does the Old Testament relate to the New Testament? Well, the Ten Commandments help build that bridge between them, okay? And number four, and this is probably most important, I will get excited about the gospel. I will get excited about the gospel. The Ten Commandments lead you to the gospel, okay? The Ten Commandments lead you to the gospel. And we will discuss that more in the coming weeks, but but that's a very, very important thing to understand. The Ten Commandments start getting you excited about the gospel, So we've talked about what the Ten Commandments are not, and we've talked about what the Ten Commandments will do for you. But there's one more thing I think we need to discuss to really prime the the pump before we actually talk about what the Ten Commandments are all about, okay? And back in high school, I applied for a job at Six Flags Magic Mountain, okay? And I applied for the position of a ride operator, okay? And a ride operator is basically what it sounds like. It's someone who operates the rides. You get to run the rides. You get to push the buttons, okay? That's, that's the ride operator. Uh, I was really excited to work there because I loved roller coasters. Uh, I just I wanted to be able to go on them whenever I wanted to, and I wanted, wanted to be able to just kind of go there free of charge at any particular time, okay? Uh, when you're a worker at Six Flags, you get to go whenever you want on your off time, right? So, um, but... But like any good job, I couldn't just walk into the park on my first day and just start pushing buttons. That would be insane. Uh, you need to learn the job to, before you actually start doing the job. 
Uh, and so what happens is the first week of your job as a ride operator is you're not even working the rides at all. In fact, you're not even really learning anything about pushing buttons. The first week is called orientation. It's called orientation. Orientation is something many jobs do to help you get familiar with what you're going to be doing at your job. But it doesn't just teach you how to do your personal job. It also gives you a big picture of the company itself. This is what our company is about. This is what we do. This is all the different departments that are in this company. Orientation often explains to you the history of your company. Where did you come from? Why do you exist? Uh, orientation often tells you about all the departments inside the company. Well, there's this department, there's that department, there's this department. And they all begin to interact with your department in this way, in that way, in this way, okay? So ride operations is not the only department at the park. Uh, I have to learn about what all is involved at the park before I actually start working my job. Um, now, if ride operations was the only department, that would be a problem. Uh, there wouldn't be any food. That just, that just wouldn't happen. You wouldn't be able to eat food at Magic Mountain, which actually probably wouldn't be a bad thing because <laughs> the food there isn't very good. Uh, but let's say, for example, you wouldn't be able to play any arcade games or do the ring toss or anything like that, okay? Uh, there, <laughs> uh, there, wouldn't be, uh, there wouldn't be a cleanup crew, uh, which would be really bad because bathrooms would be, get really messy really fast. And there would be uh, no one would ever want to come back to the park, okay? It would just be really bad. Uh, Six Flags would just be a perpetual mess if ride operations was the only department at the park. So uh, there are many departments that are involved in the daily operations of Magic Mountain. Let me just actually list for you what these departments are, okay? There's admissions, attractions, costume characters. Bet you guys want to do that one, right? That's actually the most miserable jo job at the park because it gets so hot in those costumes. It's brutal. Uh, there's entertainment. There's finance, food service, games and arcades, guest relations, landscaping, lifeguards, loss prevention, park services, retail and rentals, ride operations, safari and education, security. And those are just the ones you can apply for off the street. That's not even including like all the departments that you'd have to work your way into uh, separately uh, with, with different credentials. So there are a lot of departments at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Orientation gives you a bird's eye view of all these departments and everything that's involved at the park. Orientation is necessary before you begin your job. And this morning, I want to give you sort of an orientation on the Ten Commandments, okay? We've talked about what they're not. We've given, I've given you some practical benefits of what they're gonna do for you, but I wanna kind of give you an orientation before we discuss what they're all about, okay? Before you build a house, you need to lay a foundation. You need to lay a foundation. And before we venture into the Ten Commandments, uh, we, need to we need to answer a broader question. What role do the Ten Commandments play in the big picture? Okay? What role do the Ten Commandments play in the big picture? So like I said before, ride operations at Magic Mountain is not the only department at the park. There are other departments that exist and they all work together with ride operations. You have to know up front how all, the, how all those other departments are going to intersect and interact with your ride operations before you ever start working the rides. For example, 
Let me give an example, okay? You need to know how to call first aid before you begin working the rides or uh, whatever ride you actually work at. For example, someone might pass out on Goliath, okay? This happened to me once. Someone actually passed out on the ride. And I thought the person had some kind of an aneurysm because years prior, someone actually had an aneurysm on Goliath and died. And it was like, whoa, like, are you kidding me? Like, you have to know who to call. So I get trained up front that there's a first aid station, here's the number to call first aid, and here's how to get them to come and everything like that. Funny story, when I actually called them, uh, everyone in the park knew about the aneurysm situation, and so I had like every department in the park come up to my ride, even though I didn't call them. Uh, I just called first aid. I had my supervisors come, I had mechanics come, I don't know why, but they did. I had the janitorial staff come. Again, I don't know why, but they came. Uh, I think I had security come. And then after all of them come, 30 minutes later, first aid showed up. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, the person turned out fine. They just were dehydrated or something. But, uh, but you need to know how all these departments work, OK? They all work with right operations. Well, you need to know what other parts of the Bible interact with the Ten Commandments uh, in order to really fully understand how they work. You just get, you have to understand that. And now, this orientation this morning is not easy, okay? This is not going to be easy. Uh, I really actually debated even, like, preaching this sermon this morning because this is not 2 plus 2 equals 4 stuff, okay? This is a little bit heady. It's going to be a little bit challenging to get through, but it's actually so important that I thought, we have to go through this, okay? We have to go through this. So stay with me, okay? Stay with me, and I'm going to do the best I can to keep it simple and clear, okay? And take notes and, and write down whatever you need to do to, to make this kind of sit in your mind, okay? Uh, so I'm going to try to make this as simple and painless as possible for you. So let's keep this analogy of Magic Mountain going, okay? Uh, if ride operations is not the only department that exists, what other departments play a big role in how ride operations functions, okay? Let me give you three, okay? Let me give you three departments that really interact with ride, uh, with, uh, with ride operations. One is a tour guide. There's a tour guide at Magic Mountain, okay? Tour guides work in guest relations and safari education. In other words, these are people who give you a big picture of the park, okay? They walk you around, they show you here's everything that's in the park, Here's all the rides you can go on. Here's all the bathrooms you can go and use, all that kind of stuff, right? Number two is safety inspection. There, is, there are safety inspectors that are people who inspect the safety of all parts of the park, okay? Anything from roller coasters to french fry cutters, okay? That's, that's kind of what safety inspectors do. Number three is a supervisor, okay? Uh, there's like almost like a department of supervisors. And these supervisors oversee individual departments or like several different departments all at once. And they ensure that everyone is doing their job, okay? That's, that's, their, that's their job. Anywhere from, you know, people who push buttons to people who clean toilets, okay? That's, that's what supervisors do is they make sure those people are doing their jobs. So there's tour guides, there's safety inspectors, and there are supervisors. And I want this to be our outline this morning, okay? I want this to be our outline. Uh, the Ten Commandments were not handed down to us all by themselves, okay? They, they weren't just like, you know, scripted 
on its own and handed to us. I mean, in some ways they were because of the, you know, the two tablets or whatever. But the, they were actually written in the books of Exodus and Deuteronomy. So the Ten Commandments are actually embedded into a, a long speech, a long speech. And there's other elements inside that speech that are going to have an impact on the Ten Commandments, okay? And so I want us to camp out in the book of Deuteronomy, okay? I want us to camp out in the book of Deuteronomy, and we're going to see how Deuteronomy, the book itself, serves as a tour guide, as a safety inspector, and as a supervisor to the Ten Commandments, okay? As a tour guide, a safety inspector, and a supervisor to the Ten Commandments, okay? So first, first, number one, and this is on your uh, note, the, your sheet where you're taking notes there. Deuteronomy is a constitution. Deuteronomy is a constitution. This is your tour guide for the Ten Commandments, okay? The very first thing you need to know at any job orientation is who you are, who you are, or perhaps what your job is all about. Now, by the park entrance at Magic Mountain, there is a place called guest relations, okay? And guest relation reps can tell you just about anything you want to know about the park. Uh, they can show you how to get around. They can give you wheelchair access to get around. Uh, they can help you find someone who's lost. Uh, they can even give you those flash passes that help you cut the line. Uh, it's pretty handy. So uh, guest relations is a nice place. Uh, if, you, if you just want to know anything about the park, you go to guest relations. One of the big ways that guest relations helps you get acquainted with a park is through the role of a tour guide, okay? A tour guide can walk you around and help you see everything and explain to you everything as you go by. That's what a tour guide does. He defines for you what Magic Mountain is about. He defines for you Magic Mountain itself. Well, the book of Deuteronomy, which is where the Ten Commandments can be found, serves a similar role. Deuteronomy is framed as a constitution. It is framed as a constitution. A constitution is just a big, boring word that you learn in history class that basically means this is a document that tells you who we are and what we're about. That's all it is. Our U.S. Constitution is exactly that. Uh, it tells you who we are and what we're all about. Uh, you've probably heard this phrase from the Constitution before. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are uh, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, uh, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah, exactly. The American Constitution was built upon these ideas, that we are going to be a nation who upholds life, freedom, and our right to pursue happiness. And guess what? That's who we are today, and that's what we do today. Uh, that's how we live, because those are our core principles. We're all about life uh, in the sense of like we want to live life the way we want to live it, okay? We're all about liberty and freedom, right? That's our nation. Like we're just like we want our freedom to do whatever we want to do, right? And we're all about pursuing happiness. Entertainment is huge in America. It's bigger like here than anywhere in any other country in the world. That's our country because why? That's our, con that's our constitution. That's what we were founded upon in one sense. Now, was that what our Constitution meant for us to do you know, 200 years later? Maybe, maybe not. You, you have to actually study up what that means. But 
Either way, that's our constitution. That's who we are. That's what we're all about. Well, because the book of Deuteronomy is a constitution, it tells you what God considers are the core principles for his people. These principles are who you are and what you're all about. The Ten Commandments are the heart and soul of these principles. The Ten Commandments help define for us who we are and what we're all about. And so in that sense, the Ten Commandments are the defining principle for your life. They should define who you are. That's what the Ten Commandments should do. They should define who you are because they're embedded in this Constitution. We are people who have no other gods before the one true God. It's who we are. We are people who won't turn God into an idol. It's who we are. We are people who don't take God's name in vain. It's who we are. We are people who, God's, uh, we are people who recognize that God controls time. It's who we are. We are people who honor our parents. It's who we are. We are people who don't murder. It's who we are. We are people who don't commit adultery. It's who we are. We are people who don't steal. It's who we are. We are people who don't bear false witness. It's who we are. And we are people who don't covet because it's who we are. And so because Deuteronomy is a constitution, a tour guide that tells you what you're all about, the Ten Commandments should define your life. They should define your life. And this is why I'm helping you to memorize the Ten Commandments with each sermon. I'm not having you learn them because I'm going to give you a test later and you're going to have to like write them all down and you know, be graded on it or anything like that. That's not why I'm doing this. I want you to own the Ten Commandments. But in order to own them, you need to know them. You need to know them. Uh, here's a very practical thing you can do with, the, with our series in the Ten Commandments. Memorize them. Memorize them. Memorize the Ten Commandments. Use the goofy hand motions that I've taught you, okay? Uh, perhaps use flashcards. Have your parents or a sibling or a friend quiz you. Uh, make sure you know these. Make sure you can ramble them off backwards and forwards because the Ten Commandments are going to need to define your life. They're going to need to define your thoughts, your decisions, and the way you live your life. So memorize them, okay? Memorize them. Make sure you know them. But they're not just a constitution. They're not just a, it's not just a tour guide that gives you, uh, kind of defines for you what the Ten Commandments are and what they're all about. Deuteronomy is a covenant. Deuteronomy is a covenant. And this is your safety inspector for the Ten Commandments, okay? Deuteronomy is a covenant. Once you know who you are, then in orientation, you are ready to know what you need to do, okay? Once you know who you are, then you are ready to know what you need to do, okay? Every once in a while, a man with a clipboard and a special blue polo shirt would waltz up to my ride, and he would look around, and he would jot things down on his clipboard, and then he would look around again, and he'd scowl, look, write down stuff on his clipboard, and then he'd walk over to my head lead, and he would give him the clipboard, and the head lead would put his, put his signature on the clipboard, and the man in the blue polo shirt would walk off into the sunset and be gone forever. That man was a safety inspector. He was a safety inspector. He would show up at random times 
when we would least expect it, and he would document just how safe our ride really was and how safe we were actually making our job for all the uh, visitors at the park. Whether we liked it or not, the safety inspector was a painful reminder of what we do. He was a painful reminder of what we do. We are not just a ride of attendants who push buttons to send a train full of people down a twisted metal track. That's not just what we do. We are people who want to ensure the safety of our visitors as they get to enjoy flying through space, okay? That's what we primarily are about, safety. We really are about safety. There is more to us than just who we are. We have jobs to do and we have to make things safe. There are ways we need to make who we are happen in real life. And so it's not, we're not just defined by something, we actually do something, okay? So when my head lead would sign the safety document, he's basically agreeing that this, with the safety inspector that we are doing our jobs or we are not doing our jobs, okay? That's what he's saying. Well, the book of Deuteronomy serves a similar role. It serves a similar role. It is not just a constitution that tells you who you are. It is also a covenant that dictates what we do, okay? It's a covenant that dictates what we do. A covenant is another big fancy word that means a contract or an agreement, okay? Uh, you may not know what a covenant is, but it's basically a contract or an agreement. Now, I mentioned last week that every time you download iTunes, you have to check a box called the terms and conditions, right? The terms and conditions. The terms and conditions is a contract or a covenant between you and iTunes. It's really what it is. It's an agreement that dictates what you can do with their service and what you cannot do. For example, you are allowed to download and buy and purchase music through iTunes. That's something you are allowed to do. In fact, when you, buy, when you use their services, that's what you should do. But there are things you cannot do. For example, you cannot take that music and then give it to your friends. You're not allowed to do that. That's illegal. That's, what do they call that? I don't even know. It's, it's, it's piracy. Yeah, I guess it would be piracy in one sense. Uh, but you're sharing it illegally with other people, right? That's wrong. You can't do that. In the terms and conditions, it spells that out, what you can and cannot do. Well, because the book of Deuteronomy is also a covenant, it tells you what God's people can and cannot do. There are a lot of things you can do, and there are a lot of things you cannot do uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. But at the top of this long list are the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments not only show who you are, they also dictate what you do. You agree to make sure that you have no other gods before the one true God. It's what you do. You agree you won't turn God into an idol. It's what you do. You agree to not take the Lord's name in vain. It's what you do. You agree to respect God's control over time. It's what you do. You agree to honor your parents. It's what you do. You agree to not murder. It's what you do. You agree to not commit adultery. That's what you do. You agree to not steal. It's what you do. You agree to not bear false witness. It's what you do. And of course, you agree not to covet. It's what you do. Because Deuteronomy is a covenant, a safety inspector, if you will, that 
makes you agree to follow all the procedures, the Ten Commandments should dictate the way you live your life. It should dictate the way you live your life. It's good to memorize the Ten Commandments. That's the first step. But once you know them, you need to live them. You need to live them. They're not just something for your brain to, to just think about and to, and to know intellectually in your head. Here's something practical you can do to begin living out the Ten Commandments, okay? Something you can start doing. I would do this. I would write down all the Ten Commandments on a sheet of paper. I would write down, here's what, you know, the first commandment. Here's the second commandment. Here's the third commandment. And what I would do is I would leave a little space, a couple of lines of space between each one. And what I would do is in between those spaces is I would identify how am I not living out each of these commandments, okay? How am I not living out these, each of these commandments? Now, we haven't talked about exactly what the Ten Commandments are all about, okay? There are so certain ones you may not even be, like, you're not even sure, like, keep the Sabbath holy. How do I do that? Like, do we, are we even supposed to keep the Sabbath holy today? Like, and if so, like, how? And if not, what does it mean? You may not know all of that, but you can at least begin to project on some of these, how am I actually not living out this commandment? And that's going to give you an idea of how can I actually begin to tackle the sin that the Ten Commandments expose in my life, okay? That's what the Ten Commandments can do for you. I would start there. I think it's a good way to start. So some of these might be trickier to figure out than others, like, you know, commandment number four, like I talked about, keep the Sabbath holy. Maybe like bear false witness. What does that mean? You may not be quite familiar with that. Well, do the best you can. Do the best you can. And don't worry about the ones you are not quite familiar with just yet, okay? There are certain ones you will know, like don't murder. I hope you know what that means, okay? Uh, you, can, you can work with that, all right? And you might be like, well, I don't murder. Well, that might be true. But you know what Jesus says in, in, uh, in Matthew 5? That if anyone says to his brother, what you fool he has murdered in his heart so there are ways that even that kind of commandment we break it we don't do it we don't fulfill it the right way okay so there are ways that we break each commandment identify what are some of those ways that you don't do the ten commandments or you don't fulfill them okay so don't don't neglect the ten commandments don't neglect them use them to determine how you are falling short of the glory of God, okay? Number three, number three, third and finally, Deuteronomy is a sermon. Deuteronomy is a sermon. And I think this might come as probably the biggest surprise. This came as the biggest surprise to me. But Deuteronomy is a sermon. I don't know if you realize that. It's not just like law. It's actually like law crafted in the form of a sermon. That's what it is. And so this is your supervisor over the Ten Commandments. Your supervisor over the Ten Commandments. Once you know who you are and what you're supposed to do, now orientation is over. Now orientation is over. It's time to go do it. It's time to go do it, okay? Every department at Six Flags had a supervisor. My department had several supervisors, and all of them uh, even had a supervisor over them, okay? It was really hard to tell what a supervisor did 
because the supervisors would just like walk around together in like their little groups around the park. They'd visit all the rides and they just talk. That's all they would do. They just talk. And I'm like, what are they doing? This this is like the easiest job in the world. They just get to talk with their friends all day long, you know. And that, so I thought like, wow, being a supervisor is like, it's really easy. Like, why do they get that job? Why do they get paid more than I do? You know, I'm standing in the hot hot sun and I'm pressing the buttons and it's brutal and it's just really monotonous and stuff like that. Well, that would be very premature of me to think that because I usually would only get to see the supervisor when things were going well, okay? A supervisor, if a supervisor is just chatting with his friends, his coworkers, his supervisors, that's a good thing. That's a good thing because that means things are going well at the park. However, what happens when an employee working at Batman decides to go AWOL and just leaves his post and just does whatever he wants to or jumps like over the fence in the track area and makes the ride like super dangerous all of a sudden out of nowhere. Well, now we have a problem, right? Now we have a big problem. That's when the supervisor gets to see some action, okay? The supervisor gets paid the big bucks to confront that insubordinate employee. A supervisor makes sure everyone is doing his or her job. A supervisor, in other words, enforces what you're supposed to do, okay? Now, a safety inspector kind of reminds you what you're supposed to do, but he doesn't have the authority to enforce it. A supervisor enforces it and says, this is what you have to do, okay? Well, the book of Deuteronomy acts a similar way. It is not just a constitution that defines who we are. It is not just a covenant that dictates what we do. It is also a sermon that enforces how we do it, okay? It's a sermon that enforces how we do it. Now, I don't know if you know this, but a sermon is more than just talking in front of a group, okay? It's more than just talking in front of a group. I'm not just talking to you right now, okay? I'm not just talking to you. A sermon is an appeal for you to do something, okay? A sermon begs you to change your life or your thinking in some way. That's what a sermon does. I can bore you with facts about how America became a nation. I can just list off, here's the story of how America became the nation that it is today. But I can also take those same facts and I can urge you to honor the principles our nation was founded upon because of the immense sacrifice and the ideals that America, that made America the nation that it is today. One is a lecture, the other is a sermon, okay? Well, because Deuteron the book of Deuteronomy is also a sermon, it challenges you to live your life differently. It challenges you to live your life differently. God pushes Israel to do a lot of things in the book of Deuteronomy, a lot of things. But at the center of it all is the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments. They are called the Ten Commandments, after all, right? Uh, there's, there, it's not an option here. It's not an option. By their, very by their very nature, they are commands that you need to do. You have to do them. You don't have a choice. And think about this. If the Ten Commandments are commands that you don't have a choice about, that automatically makes them your priority. Okay? That makes them your priority. You are obligated to make the Ten Commandments at the top of your to-do list. That's what the Ten Commandments 
are all about in the book of Deuteronomy because it's a sermon and it's saying this is something you have to do. So it shoots up to the top of your priority list. So the Ten Commandments not only show who you are, they not only dictate what you do, they also enforce how you do it. You need to make sure no other gods go before the one true God. It is your priority. You need to make sure that you won't turn God into an idol. It's your priority. You need to make sure that you don't take the Lord's name in vain. It's your priority. You need to make sure you respect God's control over time. It is your priority. You need to make sure that you honor your parents. It's your priority. You need to make sure you don't murder, you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you don't bear false witness because it's your priority. And you make sure that you don't covet. It's your priority. Because Deuteronomy is a sermon, a supervisor that forces you to kind of live out this agreement that you've made, the Ten Commandments should enforce the way you live your life. It should enforce the way you live your life. The Ten Commandments should be the top of your to-do list, your number one priority, okay? And I think the best way to make the Ten Commandments your number one priority in your life is to ask yourself this. What is the number one priority in my life? What is the number one priority in my life? Every single person in this room has a number one priority. What is it? What is it? What do you care most about? What guides your life? What do you think about the first thing you wake up in the morning? What's that first thing you think about? Or when you go to bed, what's the last thing you think about? It, that can help you identify what your number one priority is. What do I hold so near and dear to my heart? When push comes to shove, what do I value more than anything? Okay, if I had to make a choice, what would it be? What would it be? If I could have anything in the world, what would it be? If I could have any experience in the world, what would it be? These kinds of questions tell you what your number one priority is. Okay? Now we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago in Unstained, didn't we? We talked about the issue of the heart. Everyone has a heart that desires something. We all do. We all have something that we really crave, we really desire. And asking yourself these kinds of questions will review, reveal to you what your number one priority is. And so these kinds of questions tell you what your number one priority is and that everyone has one. And the question is, what is it? What is it? So the Ten Commandments must be your number one priority because the Ten Commandments make God the center of who you are and what you do and how you do it. And so this morning, I have given you sort of an orientation to the Ten Commandments, okay? It defines who you are, it dictates what you do, and it enforces how you do it. It is a constitution, a covenant, and a sermon all rolled up, rolled up into one. It is a tour guide, a safety inspector, and a supervisor all at the same time. That's how it functions because it is nestled into a book called Deuteronomy that sets the parameters for the Ten Commandments this way. So if you put this all together, if you put it all together, and if you were to boil this down into one 
succinct idea. Here's what you get. Here's what you get. The Ten Commandments are critical to every part of who you are. The Ten Commandments are critical to every part of who you are. You can't ignore them. You can't ignore them. And that's the temptation to do in our kind of Christian circles today. We just, we kind of know of the Ten Commandments, but we ignore them. We ignore them. You can't ignore them because they are the foundation to this house that we're building. They are, they are the, the most, the, the focal point of, of how your life works. That's how they should function. So I encourage you, memorize the Ten Commandments. Memorize them. Know them. Know them backwards and forwards, literally. Like be able to say them backwards and forwards, okay? Not just forwards, but backwards. List out how you are not living out each commandment. Make sure you know what are the ways that I'm actually breaking the Ten Commandments. And then ask yourself, what is the greatest priority in my life? What takes precedence over everything else? Okay? So now that we've oriented ourselves, it is time to show you what they're all about. What are they all about? And that's what we're going to do in two weeks. Okay? Two weeks. And you're like, why not next week? Because next week we're going to do a review game. Okay? So study up for the review game. Make sure you know. Uh, make sure you have your notes on you and you, and you study them up. Okay? Because we're going to do a review game next week. And then we're going to launch into what are the t- Ten Commandments all about. And guys, that's when this starts really getting good. Okay? When you start really understanding what they're all about. All right, let's pray. Father, we we thank you so much that the Ten Commandments were not just given to us haphazardly or randomly or just all by themselves. Father, they were given to us in the form of a constitution, a covenant, and a sermon. And in those ways, Father, they help define for us who we are, they help dictate to us what we do, and they help enforce us, uh, enforce for us how to do it, or they force us to do it. And Father, I pray that you would help us to understand that this is so critical. If it's who we are, if it's what we do, if if it's something that we're required to do, Father, make that the priority and the focus and the attention of our lives. Give us a great understanding of how this impacts everything of what we're about. And I pray, Father, if there are those in this room who have not repented of their sins, and turn to Jesus Christ in faith and do not understand that the Ten Commandments are the foundation for how to live the Christian life because of that. And Father, break, break them of their sin. Convict them of, of the disgusting nature uh, that is within them and change their hearts and make them new and, and fresh and, and, and live, alive, Father, for the, for the sake of Christ. Father, use the Ten Commandments to even bring that kind of conviction in their lives. So bless us in this way, and bless our time this morning in worship in the main service. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen.